And that's uh, You Can Go Your Own Way by Fleetwood Mac from the 1977 album Rumours, which is uh, John Farty's choice for the cultural toolbox this week. John Farty, as ever, you're very welcome. How are you, Shane? Happy New Year. Same to you. Uh, interesting choice. I think I'm right in saying when it was released, the fastest selling album of all time. It was selling something like 800,000 copies a week during it, its peak. It's a monster. It's one of the biggest selling albums of all time. It's post 40 million now. I, I meant to check on the way and where exactly it's and at, growing. It's somewhere north of that. Yeah, absolutely. And perhaps we'll even get a few more units for the poor <laughs> Fleetwood <laughs> Mac trying their best. You know, we've discussed albums on this show that have been recorded under like trying circumstances, mm. you know, civil wars have broken out in places or maybe band members haven't been getting on. But this really takes the biscuit because four of the five members and the fifth to a certain extent were all breaking up with each other romantically. Lindsay Buckingham and Stevie Nicks were breaking up after eight years together. Christine McVeigh and or McVeigh and John McVeigh, who was the bassist, their marriage had come to an end. Mick Fleetwood, who was the drummer, would subsequently end up in bed with Stevie Nicks. So here they are making an album. They're a very successful band after a few lineup changes, and they're making an album under these circumstances. It's the mid 70s. Stevie Nicks said the recording sessions were like cocktail parties. All these people would come into the studio. Not only cocktail party I've been to. No, no. Approximating one or two I might have seen in my misspent youth, they'd sit around, they'd put all sorts of things into their bloodstreams, up their nostrils. They'd eat, they'd drink, they'd do other things. At about two in the morning, in a state of narcotic delusion, they'd start recording. Mick Fleetwood was really insistent at the time, and it never came to pass, and it's almost one of those rock and roll urban myths, but he wanted their drug dealer referenced in the thank yous on the back of the album along with I'd say he probably wasn't key though was he (laughs) probably not so this was was chaos the album was called Rumours because Lindsay Buckingham would go and write a song and then show it to the band and they'd almost feel like oh you're writing that about your ex-partner and stuff I mean it was just bizarre sometimes they were but that's only ha- absolutely most of the songs are about each other. But that's only half the story because you know the songs that they created in this bizarre situation are some of the best kind of breakup music ever. You know, one of the worst things that can happen to you, bar you know the death of a loved one or, or, or ill health, I think, is you know when love breaks down or when you're dumped or love isn't working out. And you know a lot about being dumped, even more than I do, right? But <laughs> yeah, there is on, great. Huh? <laughs> solace I always think to be found in almost those vitriolic love songs where you're saying you know what two fingers to you I'm moving on or I hate yeah. you you're, you're speaking or with you quite an education my- <laughs> about this <laughs> well you know takes one yeah look but 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 I've always thought that that there, there's great solace and you know as a great breakup album and, and as a great album of course you have rumours it's just it really is fantastic and the thing is if you listen to it and, and I was struck by this again this week as I was listening to it nearly every day it's really like a greatest hits and even someone who's listening to this who's never heard of the album I think you'll probably know every yeah, song on it, it is, and that yeah, was part yeah. of the raison d'etre they said you know it's a terrible phrase uh, all killer no filler but that's what they wanted they wanted 11 songs that could all be singles okay. and I think it pretty much hits the mark uh, how would you Categorize the the style of music. I mean, there's a very kind of Californian yeah. '70s influence. There. I wanted to get to that. Sonically, it's very unadorned. There isn't a huge amount of like strings. Now there are a lot of instruments, but they're in the background. It's mostly clear voices, 
guitars, pianos, drums to the front. It evokes like you're driving up a highway, you know, in Santa Monica or somewhere. It sounds like that, the, the quintessential West Coast 70s American sound. But the harmonies, they're absolutely gorgeous. I think Lindsay Buckingham, and we'll get to Stevie Nicks because she's superior in this, but I think Lindsay Buckingham is one of the great underrated male vocalists. I just love the sound of his voice. It's vaguely feminine or something, if you yeah, know what I might mean. Might be something to do with the fact his first name is Lindsay. Probably didn't help, you know, <laughs> when you put it like that. And then you have Stevie Nicks, whose voice is, oh, it's it's sexy, it's throaty, Slightly it's irritating? Not at all. I just, I, I just think it's, it's, it's beautiful. And then they sing together, and also Christine McVie has a gorgeous voice as well. And the harmonies—they're they're some of the greatest harmonies in pop music. Okay, really well, are. let's take a flavor of one. I mean, I suppose uh, "Dreams." You mentioned Stevie Nicks. "Dreams" would be one of the songs that people yeah. would decide from this. Now, let's just take a little flavor. Yeah, take a listen to this. Yeah, I, I don't, it's it's not my favorite song. The album it probably is the most memorable line in the album. Though thunder only happens when it's raining. Players only, only love you when, when they're, they're playing. playing. As yeah. again, you well no shame. Yeah. Yeah. One of the great rhyming couplets in modern music. I think. Uh, I don't know how I, you I, don't I, like her voice. I'm I'm I just mad. Think I think that's it's gorgeous. a bit affected or something. I, I just I've never been mad about her voice and all that kind of shawly dancing around stuff. I just it why do you let, hate the show, man? Why do you hate the show? Yeah, it's very seventies in fairness, and it's kind of coming back as well. Yeah. But anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, like, what are the? I suppose the, the other song, of course, that was so well known from this album in recent times. Well, sorry, it's not even recent times. More recent yeah. times uh, is "Don't Stop" because yeah. uh, Bill Clinton famously used it as his uh, campaign song in in '92, I think it was. Yeah. And, uh, the story goes, his advisors wanted him to pick something a little bit more hip, but, but <laughs> Bill uh, Bill resisted and, uh, and it got them back the together and they played at the White yeah, House. Yeah, they played at the at the, uh, at the at the uh, at the inauguration, which yeah. really helped usher in that era of you know Bill Clinton being friend of the artist and all that. Yeah, in a similar it, way that Blair tried. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, uh, which just does get me wondering a little like this album is it a little bit like Bill Clinton? I mean, is it you know ultimately pretty good? You know, definitely not hip. Uh, 
definitely not hip. It's, I, I mean, it's. I suppose it's. I suppose it's not hip. But you know, forty-one million people probably can't be wrong. Ah, yeah, but yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, it's not going to be you know a soundtrack to you know any hipster bar. Okay, or anything I, I, like I, that, I guess. my my clunky kind of comparison with Bill Clinton aside let me give you my more genuine criticism because okay. I, I would have listened to this album before you were born probably because I quite possibly uh, my older siblings had it and I listened to it a lot and I loved it as a kid yeah. I mean you talk about the, sort of the heartbreak in the album yeah. when you said that I immediately thought of songs like When Love Breaks Down by yeah. which is a great Brown, song yeah. or Paul McCartney's song for, for no one and to me this album I, I like a lot of the songs. They're good pop songs. They just—it doesn't have the depth of that. It for doesn't me. have that kind of when you take that, to bed at midnight. That pain, dark. that depth. I don't think. Yeah. Well, I I, I disagree, uh, and I think it, it it has almost the beginning, middle, and end of a relationship because you mentioned "Don't Stop." That's, uh, you know, they're coming out of the the breakup almost, saying, you know what, there's life after this. Don't stop believing. You know, yesterday's gone and all that kind of stuff. That like, you know, we're we're going to get to another place. That love will break your heart. But there will be more love again, which actually I'd love to play another snapshot of another song, Never Going Back Again. Lindsay Buckingham, after Nick's, during the recording of the album, had a rebound affair and he kind of realised, you know, life's going to go on because he was distraught. I mean, he was drug addled and all that kind of stuff, but it really hit him hard. As it did Stevie Nicks, the breakdown of this relationship. So he has this affair, I'm not sure with who, and he starts thinking, you know what, I'm going to be fine. I'm never going to go back to you again, it'll be fine. You don't know what it means to win Strange mix between that very like nineteen seventies yeah. uh, Californian pop music and a little bit of the kind of the court of Henry VIII or something. So, yeah. <laughs> I suppose there's a loot quality to it as well. Yeah, no, but uh, there's another great thing about the album is his brilliant plucking guitar that he yeah. does. It's very Fleetwood Mac esque, you know. Mm, mm. Um, the I, I think the middle of this album is the strongest part. I'm, yeah. I'm not mad about secondhand news, I have to say. Oh, I love that. They were trying to write a version of Jive Talk by uh, the Bee Gees. Yeah, no, it like was that. kind of, and it, it's very much of its time. I I kind of find the the end of the album a bit weak as well. I mean, I'm not mad about Oh Daddy, and I just think Goldust Woman is a pile of... You oh, know, no, I really like that. And Oh Daddy's actually about Mick it's Fleetwood. About Mick Fleetwood. Yeah, and they, they kind of yeah, yeah. had this sense of him as... And he was, time has proven, he was the linchpin of the band. And, he, you know, during this, he was going through his own crisis. Jenny Boyd, who was the sister of Paddy Boyd, who'd caused all that chaos with Eric Clapton and George yeah. Harrison, I think Layla she, and Wonderful wrote, Tonight. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he was breaking up with her, you know. So this was, <laughs> these guys had their hearts on the table making this Hey, the 1970s. Really well, what I know, were they man, like? the 70s, you know. <laughs> um, speaking of the 1970s, yes. I, 
and I, it's one I throw at you regularly and you regularly roll your eyes. Yes. Um, it's, Is it dated? Uh, yeah, it's an album very much of its time, no yeah. question about it. Does, it. does it stand up to the test of time? Definitely, I think so. Like, of course it is, it, it drips the 70s, you know, but, you know, in the same way Beethoven's Ninth is very much of its time, but it stands up. <laughs> no, but I'm serious. It, of course it's very, but you're going to get a lot out of listening to this album musically. And I think emotionally, and I know what you're saying about, you know, maybe there are songs that, you know, in a time of emotional, romantic upheaval, you'd listen to as as more kind of, honest cries from the heart or something. I just think these, because of the situation that gave rise to them, I just think they're kind of remarkable in a way. You know, they they were, in essence, firing insults at each other. You know, Lindsay Buckingham sings in one song about Stevie Nicks, you know, packing up and shacking up. And, like, it was awful, really, what they were saying to each other in these songs. But we got great music out of it. I love those kind of stories. But if you knew none of that, and you sat down and you listened to this only 39 minutes of these songs that rip along. I think you just think if you heard it for the first time, gosh, that's great 11 songs uh, there. Okay, we leave it there. It's You, you think it's worthy of a place on the pantheon of, of great albums? Oh, I really do. Very yeah, high I up? Really, I really do. You know, when you mention other great albums like that, like, I don't know, Michael Jackson's Thriller or Sgt. Pepper Lonely Hearts Club. Every song has a story. Every song belongs there. This is one of those albums. As I said, I don't think there's any, you know, bogus tracks on it. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Um, John Farley as ever, thanks Thank indeed for coming into us. By the way, big, big reaction uh, to Brian Dobson there, talking about his top five books. If you want to check out our podcast on that, Newstalk.com is the place to go. Uh, John, we're going to play out with a, a song I think is the probably the best song on the album it's also I suppose immortalised because of its uh, role in BBC's uh, Formula One, Formula one yeah, I mean uh, if you've cover. never heard the name of this song you know the song it's The Chain they all wrote this this is the only one that they were all involved on yeah okay look the uh, the album is Rumours uh, the band are Fleetwood Mac John Farley's choice for the Cultural Toolbox this week just time for me to thank Stephen Jordan who produced Aidan McKelvey who researched we're going to play out with The Chain have a great Sunday take care